one thing that's nice about the touch bar is I can adjust the volume without hearing it on the recording because obviously it's just touch rather than an actual button. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't think of that because it's just the slider. Yeah. I still hate it, but... Do you hate the touch bar or do you have no use for the touch bar? Well, I want, no, a bit of both. Like, I keep hitting because Chrome has um, touch bar support now. Uh-huh. And I keep accidentally hitting either the back button or the refresh button when I'm typing. Oh, yeah. What You know what happens to me is I think when I would go for the delete key, I would sometimes hit the Siri button. Right. And then it would ask me to, you know, what do you want? It's like, nothing, go away. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen the Siri button on mine. I think I must have disabled it. Yeah, I, I think there's a setting for that. So I, mine's still on. But like I was telling you before we started recording, I since I set up a, an office in my basement at home, I have had my MacBook in clamshell mode most of the time. So the touch bar is actually more, in some respects, it's more frustrating when my laptop's closed because whenever I want to use 1Password or something, I'd love to be able to use Touch ID. That, that I think, is the most useful part of the touch bar, but I can't get to it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Maybe it's unfair for me to say I hate it because, like you say, what Touch ID for one password is amazing. Yeah, it's not for much good for much else. I mean, yes, some of the system sometimes when you have to type in your admin password in the in uh, OS ten, you it'll let you do it with Touch Touch ID. Not always though, for some reason, I think. Um, yeah, I, I can't work out what the rules are for when it yeah. will and won't ask. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I mean, there are there are circumstances, but it's and, and of course, I guess buying things on the store on the App Store, whether it's the Mac App Store or through iTunes, you can use it for that. But it's just the, the Mac has an App Store. I don't. <laughs> it does, and I was you know, it's a, I guess it's an occupational hazard. But I spend more time in there than your average human, probably about a thousand times more than your average Mac user, because it is so <laughs> buggy and slow and. You know, search doesn't always work, and if you close it before your apps update, then they stop updating, and it's just, it's really, it's really not great. I mean, I still like the ability to have one place where all my apps update, but it's really not fair to say that it's all my apps anymore because so many of the things that I need and and use have abandoned the Mac App Store at this point that it's kind of split across a bunch of different places, and sometimes it's hard to remember where you got something, especially if... It's available in two places at once. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point I get like a color picker from the app store. Um, I don't know, just looking at my apps. Yeah, there's not really much in there that actually came from the Mac app store. Mm -hmm. At this point, it's all just, you know, dig around every website, download the right version for the license I've got and install it. But yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, what, what can you do? I have a theory about color picker apps. My theory, Go on. my theory is that they're like the fart apps of designers because there are a million color picker apps all over the place, both on iOS and the Mac. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I was actually looking for one because the one that I'm using technically isn't supported in Sierra because it hasn't been updated. Well, that's the other, in maybe two years. Yes, that's the other thing I noticed recently when I was, you know how we're going 64-bit on iOS and there's a section of this of the settings app that lets you know which apps are not going to work when we go to iOS 11. And one of the things in there was a color picker app. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Like, so I was looking for another one, and they're all pretty crappy as well. Like, they're not even good. 
they just they, they're kind of like weather apps as well like it just seems like everybody just makes a color picker app and they're done with it yeah it's a little bit it's it, yeah it's a little bit like a skin on the system color picker is essentially what i think a lot of people end up doing yeah that's basically all they are but i i also need it need is a maybe not the right word but i want to be able to have a keyboard shortcut to initiate you know the little picker yep um most of them don't have that um they kind of just live in the menu bar and you have to you know physically click it to actually access that but that's no good so that's why i'm still using this old one that hasn't been updated in two years what one did you end up going with uh let me have a look it is called sip oh i don't know that one Um, i i've used i've been using uh color snapper color snapper 2 uh yeah i think i might have seen that one actually it's pretty good and it does uh it does have a keyboard shortcut to both to pick a color and for another menu item called colors and formats which i guess is just oh i see that just opens a window that gives it to you in like css hex css rgb rgba all the different flavors of colors you know uh right. swift um just generic hex bunch of different things so uh you know that comes in handy once in a while to have that stuff yeah, I, I need it a lot less because, uh, you know, I mean, Chrome, I guess, a year or two ago added a color picker if you're editing inline styles, edit, uh, inline CSS. Oh, okay. Um, so, I obviously, if I'm in that, which is generally where I need colors, I, I can just use the color picker there. But, you know, I still like to have it around just in case. But Yeah, I'm dangerous with any tool that has anything to do with art or design. Yeah, uh, mostly me too, to be fair. I probably shouldn't be doing too much design. <laughs> mostly because I'm just incompetent when it comes to that stuff. Um, <laughs> you told me that you found, you did, I mean, we were talking about the touch bar when we started all this, and you told me that you actually found a useful tool for the touch bar. What what was it? Yeah, so it's called Mute Me. Um, it's by a company called Pixel Point. Um, you know, they've obviously just kind of made this as a, you know, experiment see if they can do it and what it does is add a mute button to the touch bar but it adds it on the right hand side where you normally have like volume and uh brightness there uh-huh. um, and that will persist no matter what app you're in so they're not it doesn't need to be the frontmost app for it to exist so it just sits there i guess where the siri button normally is if that's on hmm so but this is a it's a web app though right or not uh no it's it's a no it's a a a Mac app. I'm pretty sure it's native. Oh, you know what? I opened up the I opened up the web page, and it made it looks like all you have to do is press press the button in the middle of the page, and it will mute. Oh, I see. It's a very clever web. Page. Yeah, I see how it works. They fooled me. Yeah, the website is pretty weird. Yeah, they fooled me. You you, you uh, tap but, on. But yeah, like it's it's kind of nice because it. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, it's it's. Um, I didn't know that you could put things in the right hand side like that. Yeah, they they did. I think they had a medium post about it. Of course they did. Um, but they 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 kind of had to experiment with how to get it to go there. And I don't know if they're using private APIs for that or not. I didn't really read the article too in depth. Um, hmm. But it's certainly not something that most apps are doing yet. Yeah, I mean, you medium. You, you remind me of a gripe I have. I have a I have a medium gripe, and it's the same gripe I have with Anchor, and it, mm-hmm. it's these services that won't let go of your content anything you make you know i i I understand the attraction to them because they seem to attract a fairly big audience 
but I was looking at Anchor recently. You know, that's for making podcasts basically now. You can mm. record audio. They, they kind of bill it as an easy way to record audio. You know, you can do it with your iPhone, which is good in one respect, but it also sounds pretty awful. Uh, and then you can like call your friends and interview them and just it records it all and then puts it up online and it hosts it for free and it's very convenient and what you trade is any acts any ability to get that out of there because you can export audio out of anchor but only by emailing yourself the audio files there's no rss feed or anything like that <laughs> i mean can you imagine like if we did this show we decide oh we've been on anchor for 2 years let's let's get our audio off and you have to send yourself however many emails, uh, 50, so, 60 emails. So, so there's no RSS feeds? No, there isn't. And what they, what they will do is they'll very, um, they're very, very helpfully, they'll, they'll take your RSS feed if you have an existing podcast and they'll import it into <laughs> Anchor and capture it, but they won't let it back out again. Uh, that's, that's not a podcast. That's that's just a collection of audio files. If there's no RSS feed, that's not a podcast. There you go. I'm I'm 100. I'm 100 with you. You know, this is like grumpy, uh, open free web time on, <laughs> on ruminate because I, you know, and I'm not like real crazy about that sort of thing all the time. But I don't like the idea of making something and not being able to put it wherever I want. I guess is it? no. I th- this was always concerned me when people were putting podcasts on SoundCloud. I could never quite work out like. It, is there a section dedicated to this particular show? Like, it certainly didn't feel like it. Right, right. Yeah, SoundCloud, boy, I don't think they're going to be with us much longer. We'll see. No. Yeah, they. that does seem like a weird place to put a podcast. I. They. It, it's, it's just kind of a... It, it, there's a lot of interesting stuff on SoundCloud, but, but it is kind of a hodgepodge. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, that's a good tool. I, I'm going to have to check that out. That might be... Um, hmm, that might be something worthy of putting in... Uh, the club max stories weekly well, there you got go. you out there you're gonna have to you'll have to give you give you a commission for that we pay really really high fee, finders fees you know <laughs> so um what else we got today uh just 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 one i think we, we teased it at the end of the last episode yeah um about am i am i not gonna go to back to iphone you're um, coming crawling back aren't you oh i am <laughs> Yeah, I like to say that you're crawling back, but you know, you we could just say you've become you're you're enlightened now, right? You've you've lived a hard yeah. life for how long has it been? It's been like it's been a solid year, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much been a year. I I guess I bought the Pixel. Well, I bought the One Plus Three first. Right. Um, that was like September October time, and then I bought the Pixel in January, I think. Yeah. So what what is the main what's what was like the biggest pain point? What what is what's like tipping? What's the tipping point? Yeah, so first off, like, for the most part, like, at their core, iOS and Android are fine. Like, they're they're, they're the, for a casual user like me, like, I don't do work on my phone, I'm not concerned with trying to do loads of stuff. Like, for the most part, they work exactly the same from my point of view, because I'm I'm pretty, a pretty casual user. Um, But one of the biggest things that's really, I mean, this has annoyed me from the start, but if I connect to two different Bluetooth devices, so, you know, like, I've got my Bluetooth headphones, I walk in the house, and the Echo connects to my phone, there is no way to tell Android, output the audio to this specific Bluetooth device. It it, it just kind of connects to them all, and it will output to whichever one it feels like. Oh, wow. So there's no, like, we're in settings, you go on iOS, and you just it, it, you just go in and tap what you want. Right, exactly. Yeah, because obviously on iOS, you can just do, like, the... The, they call it airplay the airplay menu but it's not 
just airplay like it's bluetooth output as well um yeah there's nothing like that yeah um so if i want to if i'm connected to my headphones and i'm listening and then i connect to the echo i need to disconnect them both and then just connect to the echo again to be able to output that oh wow yeah bluetooth well bluetooth in general is a big bag of hurt and it's not great on ios either but it does sound better than that yeah, I, I mean, because I used to, I you know, when I had my iPhone, I would do that all the time. You know, be connected to a couple of devices, and you know, not just that, but obviously that gives me access to AirPlay as well. Um, you know, I kind of don't have access to AirPlay at this point. Um, but you know, I I couldn't. It's kind of frustrating if I connect my headphones, but oh no, I'm already connected to the Echo, so it won't output to the headphones, and I've got to disconnect both of them. It it's really kind of frustrating, especially given that I mostly use my phone for listening to podcasts and music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's yeah, that is definitely a pain. I I really do wish. I mean, there's still a lot that could be done. I think low hanging fruit with some of this stuff because, for instance, one thing that always drives me a little nuts is that iTunes. And yes, I you know I'm still using a Mac. Uh, iTunes doesn't have any kind of handoff for music like like i'd like to not only would i like to be able to do what you're saying which is just hand off bluetooth from my phone to an echo or whatever i have in my house i'd like to if i walk into my house and sit down at my desk and turn on my mac i'd like that same song and playlist to pop up on itunes and be able to play it right there yeah i mean this this is something that spotify does amazingly well yeah um you know i have Spotify is pretty much on everything except the Apple TV. Um, but you know, I've got Spotify on my PlayStation, my Xbox. Uh, the or the you know, Xbox came out recently uh, on my Echo, stuff like that. And I can just kind of open the Spotify app on any of those devices. I don't even have to be signed in as long as I'm on the same network. That will show up in on in the Spotify app, whatever I'm using, as a device that I can go right play the Spotify music on this. Um, you know, so I can be in the kitchen and have it on the Echo, walk upstairs and just start playing it through the PlayStation, and that just works like seamlessly every single time. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, iTunes obviously has like a sources list that you can from iTunes send it to different things, like you could send it to an Apple TV or you could send it to some other speaker you've got hooked up. Uh, but I guess I would have to be hooked up, I think, by by airplay or you could use something like airfoil from rogue amoeba to send things to bluetooth or to ios devices but that's one directional i want to be able to you know come in with my phone and sit down and transfer the phone to the mac which you know like you can do say with safari if you're in safari you can do the handoff thing and just open the page right on in safari on a desktop yeah absolutely i mean it's you know, it, it's a shame that Apple Music doesn't have that because it, it's such a useful feature to just continue what you're doing on not just, as you say, like on an AirPlay device, but on any device that has Spotify. Um, right. You know, it, 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 it's just so useful. Yeah. Um, I, maybe we'll see it when they dismantle iTunes. I mean, I, I do think we're going to see the end of iTunes pretty soon, or at least iTunes being relegated to nothing but like but the legacy hardware and syncing, you know, uh, manual syncing over a wire because... So they, they're pulling all the iTunes iTunes U stuff out, and it just seems, mm. you know, it, it just feels like at some point we're going to see. I suspect we'll end up with a 
I don't know if it'll be called the TV app, which seems like a weird thing to call it, but something like the TV app on, <laughs> on the Apple TV, because, you know, it's not your TV, right? I mean, I think you call it like the video app or something like that, or maybe hopefully they come up with something a little more imaginative than that. Well, the, the store is called the iTunes. They could call it iTunes. Um. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, there's just so much wrong I, with all of that. It may- yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though. I think it's like, because that's what iTunes was before when it was just kind of music. Like, that was all it was. Right. Um, you know, and if they kind of moved all the kind of store stuff, I guess, to that, like the media stuff, and then just have, you know, a separate podcast app or, you know, separate books, that kind of stuff, I think that that would that would definitely be a, a better way to go. Right. I mean, instead of being focused on having a giant database app that controls all content, have something tailored strictly to music and another thing strictly to video. I mean, they're very similar apps, but I think... You know, you don't. I don't think many people sit down at their computer and and um, bop between music and and video back and forth. I mean, it's you're kind of doing one or the other. At least for a while, you're doing one or the other. So it, I think it kind of makes sense to have a separate app. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. So I suppose we, get- we have to get back. We have to get back to you and what and and what, what's going on here. So Bluetooth is a big. It was a big factor. Yeah. Um, what. <laughs> This one is is a bit controversial, I possibly. Having a file system on a phone, like an accessible, honest to goodness, I can look through all the files on my phone. It's just stupid. I just want camera roll. I I, do, I don't care that iOS doesn't you know necessarily have a file system. You can't necessarily like download a zip or something like that. I don't care. Having a file system on a phone is ridiculous. Yeah, well, we're getting one kind of with the Files app, you know. Yeah, I I I know, but that it's that's still a very kind of controlled. This is where your files are. Yeah, um, right. I mean, it's not. It's it's more like content files. It's not like you can get into your your application files. Like you can't like look at the contents of a package and and see what peer behind what's inside an app or something like that. Yeah, I I, I think the, the, what bugs me as well is like. There's Google Photos that you can use, but I, and I'm not actually using the web service, but that's kind of the app you're supposed to use to see your, what is the equivalent of a camera roll, I guess. Right. Um, but that won't necessarily show you screenshots, so then you've got to go into like, I don't know, on my phone it's the Downloads app, but I guess on other flavors of Android it'll be something else, depending on who makes it. Um, it it's just a bit of a mess, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think things like Photos get that way on a lot of Android phones because... There's like this clever, um, I don't know, there's like this this cleverness of the carriers who decide, well, we know that Android's got its own photo thing, but we think we can do it better. Yeah, that's that's basically it. And I, mean, I guess the, the downloads app, the one I'm talking about, is that's the one that Google ships. So like that's the, I guess, the best example of it. I don't know if it is actually the best, but like that seems to be like this is the one, you know, that Google makes. So you assume it's going to be, the best example of it but yeah like on the one plus three when i had that like that had its own suite of all these different apps like an audio recorder and file manager and all this kind of stuff and it was just very strange yeah that is kind of i mean i that ends up giving you kind of a splintered experience i think which it you know the out of the box experience on phones i think are is generally important just because there are you know, if you ride the subway and you look around and see what people have on their home screens, a lot of people just use what comes with the phone and don't ever bother with the app store. So that that set 
of apps is really important and having something that gets kind of confusing is, is not good. Yeah, it, it's pretty weird. Um, and then my last complaint is, it's kind of a small one, but it's like, you know, this has been a feature of iOS, I think, since the beginning. If I'm halfway scrolled down an app, there's no quick way for me to get to the top, um, unless I'm missing something. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's no way for me to just, like you can on iOS, tap the status bar and it'll take you all the way to the top of the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, yeah, that, that is a very nice thing. I use that constantly all day long, really. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works if they have a phone with a notch in it, right? Yeah, that is going to be, that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't considered that. Um, and, you know, it's not a feature I want all the time. Um, you know, partly because I don't use my phone that much compared to some people, but when I do want it, I'm really annoyed that it doesn't exist. Right. Well, I mean, I think even with a notch phone, they could always make it useful on the sides, but, uh, mm. but yeah, that's... I, it's not, it is a nice feature to have. You know, I was on. I was looking for stickers for this week's Mac Stories Club Mac Stories Weekly, and I found a set of stickers that were notch stickers. They were they were basically. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they're there, uh, but they're basically pictures of iPhones with a notch out of them that you can buy. Uh, I don't know. I, huh. It just struck me as really odd that that wouldn't get blocked by somebody for just if nothing else out of spite. Yeah, that is a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I see some really strange things. I have a, I have a special pathway into the sticker store that is, that allows me to see kind of the stickers as almost kind of chronologically as they're posted. So that, mm. so that I get to see everything, all the all the junk. And there, boy, there is so much junk. Yeah, I can well imagine. Yeah. So I don't know. It's. Uh, stickers right now on ios 11 this the iMessage store is completely broken on my phone like fun yeah it just won't load and on my ipad it loads but much of the like you can't there are no categories anymore so you can't get into anything other than like the 20 that are highlighted on the first page so i'm not really sure what's going on there we're getting pretty late (laughs) pretty late in the game and it it looks almost like it's being dismantled um which i'm sure which i'm sure is not the case because they did go to the trouble of redesigning how apps and stickers work in in messages so i don't think that's the case it's just that whatever they're working on it's clearly not completely baked yet yeah huh um those are my only real complaints about android itself um as i say in general it's fine um but the other two reasons i want to come back to the iphone is one i miss my apple watch and two i want airpods no yeah airpods are Um, amazing yeah uh those are kind of the watch is is more important like I, i i genuinely miss you know I miss a lot of notifications just because it's not on my wrist. You know, I'll put my phone on my desk and kind of forget about it. Um, and and yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to get some AirPods as well. Yeah, I I've really been enjoying the beta of Watch OS four. It's giving me a bit of an idea of what it might be like to have a watch that actually has a cellular chip in it, because mm. because now they have a feature that when you put it, you know, when you charge it overnight or whenever you charge it. It will automatically send music to your to your watch. It'll send the playlists that you've most recently listened to, and maybe some of the special ones that you have in Apple Music, like you know my favorites mix, that sort of thing. It sends that over, 
And I tried, I went out for a run about a week ago and just went with my watch because it has GPS and it had the music on it and my AirPods. And it was kind of, it, it was a little bit like the first time I used Bluetooth headphones and realized how nice it was not to have a wire because it's one of those things that's kind of in the abstract seems like a small thing that might might not be that big a deal, but once you try it and you're not lugging your phone, especially since I've got the plus size phone, you know, lugging your phone along strapped to your arm, it was pretty nice. And and with and with LTE, things like that music would just be that much easier because you would actually get. I mean, I didn't get notifications. I wasn't able to get you know, mess i messages or anything like that while I was out, or make a call. But I did have the music uh, and the GPS and enough functionality that it it seems like that would be a pretty nice thing to have. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, as I say, I, I think I just, you know, I still got my Apple Watch. I've got a you know, Series Zero one. It's still sat around, re- basically ready for me to start using it again next month. Um, but shall we talk about which phones we're possibly going to get? Yeah, I was wondering about that because I was just reading on the Verge today that they that the that the phone is supposedly going to be nine hundred ninety nine dollars now. Which phone that is, who knows? I mean, because obviously there'll be different storage sizes. I expect that there will be a plus size and a regular size phone. Uh, and who knows what else, you know, what else, what other models there are going to be. But what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm either, because I assume there's going to be like an updated version of the current phones. You know, so I... A 7S and a 7S Plus, is that right? Yeah. Is that what we would be on next? It would be, um, except that a lot of people are still calling it, saying it's going to be the iPhone 8. But, right. But we don't want to get bogged down in terminology. That's that's To me, that's not the interesting yeah. part. We're talking about the, whatever the highest, the most, the highest tech phone that they put out in the fall is. Well, because the rumors, I thought the rumors were that there's going to be one that's like the seven, or there's going to be the two models that are like the seven, and then there's this like new super phone, yeah, as well. Is that right? Like iPhone yeah. Pro, right? Exactly. Don't. It, it's kind of for me. It's too much of an unknown right now. Like I like what I'm, what rumors I am seeing about the the iPhone Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just call it that for the sake of this conversation. Right. Um, but you know, I I want to know you know what if it comes in two sizes because obviously it looks like it's probably going to be like a shrunk down phone but obviously the screen is is you know kind of edge to edge almost so it'll be got like the same size as the plus but the actual physical dimensions will be smaller right. so i don't know if there is going to be a smaller version of it right um i don't know what the prices are going to be like i'm really really interested to see what they're doing with the bottom part of the screen where the home button is I guess going to be because um, I'm hoping they're going to do something almost like what Android has with like a back button and, and like something else on the other side, you know, it's presumably a little bit more contextual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to know. I mean, if you make the home button software and it's no longer a physical button, it does give you the advantage of doing exactly what the iPhone originally did to dedicated physical keyboards which is a limit it lets you make that area whatever you want it to be right uh so it's contextual so you don't necessarily always need a home button uh you may for instance you wouldn't need a home button when you're typing in the keyboard the keyboard wouldn't have to be above the software home button necessarily because mm. if you if you're in a text field 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you still could want to go home from a text field, but you could maybe you know dismiss you in that situation. Maybe you dismiss the keyboard first, and then the home button pops back up. It it's hard to know. I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting design issues with how you deal with that space because just turning it into a software button just doesn't seem that isn't that exciting to me unless there's something useful that can be done with that space on the sides of the home button right exactly and i think this is what i'm a little bit torn on because i think okay so this phone we know is going to be more expensive i think that's a given Mm -hmm. um but unless it does something really interesting i may just go for a seven or a seven S, you know, I, I may even switch back down to a smaller phone as well, um, just for this year. And then, you know, cause if I'm not that impressed with this new super phone, then maybe I'll wait a year and get one. Right. Um, but as I say, it, it all seems like a bit of an unknown. We're like, Oh great. It's an edge to edge screen, but like it with no home button, but that kind of fundamentally fundamentally changes how iOS works. Um, right. So there's gotta be something that they're going to present in, I guess, two or three weeks at this point. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, the rumor has been that the they're likely to do an event on the 12th of September. Uh, I don't know. that it's, We're getting pretty close to that. I would think we'd hear about, uh, hear an announcement in, next, in a week or so. Uh, you know, one thing they could do, this has been one of the rumors, is they could drop the navigation buttons down in, in, to the bottom, which makes sense with bigger phones to begin with. And that's mm. that's the kind of thing that if it's done right, it's possible that that could be detected by the system, which phone you're on. And, you know, you could build an app that uh, that just switches them depending on which model of phone it's running on. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of late in the game to unless that's all done automatically by the system without <laughs> without the developer doing anything i think it's kind of late in the game to ask developers to to implement that for for day one yeah definitely yeah it, as i say i think it's going to be a pretty interesting event because as i say that they are going to they're going to have to say right you know we've changed this phone it's it's edge to edge with the screen or more or less here's how the system's going to work now right Right. Yeah. I, I'm on that thing where you get the new phone every year. It's like a program. It's You're basically leasing your phone. Mm. And I joined that last year. So I pay, I think, I don't know, maybe 30 or $40 a month for my phone basically over time. But, mm-hmm. and, and if I don't get a new phone, I think it's paid off over you know, the course of two years. But at the end of the first year, I can replace it with a new phone. And I'm sure there'll be more than willing to take a little bit more per month for me to get a more expensive phone and it won't feel <laughs> and it won't feel that expensive at the time because it'll be oh it's just another ten dollars <laughs> or yeah I, I as you say I think I may do something like that like I might you know right now I just pay for a I pay for my phone outright and then pay for a sim only contract um you know on just a month by month basis right but if the phone's really expensive, I will. Pr- I might price up what a contract, you know, with a subsidized, subsidized. You know, you're paying for it, but you know, a phone that they give me, and I just give them, as you say, forty pound or fifty pound a month or something. Right. Um, but you know, I, I again, because we don't know what price this phone is going to be or when it's going to be available or anything like that. Like, I, I can't really make any informed decisions other than, oh, it looks like it's going to be pretty. And that's not that's not really enough right. of a judgment to decide if I want it or not. Right. I, I know I want it just because I want something that's I my phone can never be fast enough, and can never. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, I I actually do work on my phone a lot, um, but 
and there is a rumor that there's going to be a 512 gigabyte version of this phone, which wow. that even I think is beyond what I need. I mean, now that there's more and more stuff going, you know, the phone's smarter about things like not having every file downloaded from iCloud Drive, for instance. And mm-hmm. there's a new feature in iOS 11 that actually will uninstall. It leaves the icon there, but it kind of uninstalls apps without deleting their saved data, you know, whatever your data is, mm. uh, if, if you haven't used it for a long time. So right. someone like me who gets made fun of constantly now by a certain Italian fr- friend of mine <laughs> because I had at one point 715 apps on my iPhone. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, th- there probably a lot of those would just go away, right? Uh, at least temporarily. Now, so does it does it indicate to you that it's been taken off the device, even though the icons there? Like, is it obvious that that's happened? Yeah, and I can't remember how. I don't know if it's grayed out or if there's like a download error or something like that. But there is oh, no, there, there is an indicator, and and it's you know oh, you could, that's great. You could get caught up. You could get caught off guard by that if say you're on an, on an airplane and and you don't have a Wi-Fi connection or a cell connection that you can used to download it but i think on on balance it's probably a good thing to have especially if you have like if you download a whole bunch of games that you like to play once in a while but they're big and you don't need to have them on your phone the whole time i think it's a little bit like what you know the apple tv does where it's only for games a lot of the games they only download a portion of the game and then it comes in chunks as you progress through levels and that sort of thing yeah definitely yeah well, there you go. So I guess right. me and you are going to be spending a lot of money, whatever, oh, we whatever happens. I know, we are. We are. I may, yeah, we'll see. I've got I've got some plans. We'll see how it goes. I may find, find a way to get an iPad yet this year, too. i got a 4K Apple TV. That's coming as well. I want one of those. So uh, <laughs> all, all the things. That'd be another £150. Hey, and I and I'm trying like crazy to get one of these SNES classics. And I see every time I see someone tweet about it being at some store, it mm-hmm. I see it like 20 minutes after the tweet, you know, shows up and and yeah. they're sold out. Yeah, God, talking of stuff like that on Nintendo, I actually did manage to get the Ocarina of Time amiibo today from the Nintendo website. Oh wow! Yeah, they uh, they appeared in stock for maybe an hour. Uh, they certainly didn't sell out as quick as the NES, uh, the SNES does, but uh, yeah, I managed to get in there, and I think I got I got a Wind Waker one as well, for so I could have free delivery. Yeah, I may have to go stand in a line for that one, uh, f- oh, for the dear. classic. I don't know. I mean, it's I really want the uh, the classic, especially especially since they've got uh, Star Fox Two in there. They've got a game that you know, mm. that was never released, right? And there's the only way to play it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I know I. It's it's a lot of my. I, I don't think I want. I mean, I have a, a Raspberry Pi set up with some emulation, but as you say, I can't play Star Fox too. But I gar- I guarantee you, within a couple of days of that SNES being out, somebody would have ripped that. Oh and, yeah, and put it on the internet. Not that I could possibly condone that because that'd be stealing. Yeah. Um. It'll be available, <laughs> is all you're saying. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I won't. I wouldn't do that, yeah. but it will definitely be available. The one that I really want is the uh, SNES Classic, the European version. With uh, you see what the difference is between the US and the and the European one. Yeah, yours is ugly as hell. <laughs> yes, I, I like the I like the colored buttons that you have on yours. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is ugly, but it's it it's that's the way it was back in the day when they came out too, right? I mean, that was the difference. Oh uh, yeah. Because I think the the one from Europe is the same as Japan, right? At least in the color scheme and everything. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. I haven't paid too much attention because I'm 
I didn't want to spend the £80 it was going to cost me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's still niggling in the back of my mind that I know I can still get one. Um, right. Because I know somebody who's getting more than one. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's not Mike Hurley, is it? He buys lots of multiple things of everything now. It, it's not Mike. Okay. Just, just for the record, it's not Mike. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. But uh, mm. okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that when Nintendo designed that and made the special U.S. one with just purple buttons, they, they must have just decided that Americans couldn't handle color. Yeah. Or at least not more than one. Too color. much too much excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Well anyway, I'll yeah. I'll go with whatever I can get whether I can get my hands on one or the other. Uh yeah. And it's supposed to be coming up, I guess. I think that's coming out in September, September twenty ninth, I wanna say. Cause the Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the Metroid game is coming out on the fifteenth. I saw a little trailer for that today. Yeah. For the three D S. And They've got uh, exclusive Rocket League cars on the Switch version of Rocket League. I saw that. There's a Mario one, and then there's what? There's another one, I think. Uh, there's a Luigi one and a Metroid one. Ah, uh, Metroid one, right, right. Yeah. Um, I I kind of might have to buy Rocket League again because I want I want those cars. I think uh. that I think that that game is <laughs> going to be fun on the Switch. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it on the yeah. Switch. Uh, I, I like the fact that the Switch is relatively small, and I can get away with having it in my living room without it looking like a big gross piece of plastic that makes a lot of noise yeah so oh yeah i mean it just the it, it, just the standard black xboxes and playstations are really ugly yeah so it, i mean it just kind of fades into the background and that that has made for i guess it, it just works now <laughs> it works for the first time in the way that a video game has never worked in my household in a place yeah. where everybody everybody lives not just the basement where i live like a troll <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Anyway, should we, uh, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Why don't we do that? And, uh, I will talk to you next week, I guess. Cool. All right. Speak to you later. Bye.